Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. You know, what, one of the things that I love is that um, as, as other gifts came into the church, they said, my God, Brian, the church, the church was just so wonderful, but the worship was absolutely amazing. I love that. And Cody and Sandra and team, I just thank you so much for it. Appreciate your stewardship of the presence. Do you hear those words? The stewardship of the presence. That's what means everything here at Victory. So you guys got a little bit more gas in your tank. Can you go farther tonight? Seriously, can you go farther? So grab your Bibles and hold your place in Genesis 22. I'm going to preach to this text tonight. Sometimes I preach from a text. Sometimes I preach to a text. So I'm going to preach my way to this text, and then I'm going to preach from the text. Have you followed me? Genesis 22. So if you're taking some notes tonight, and you should, I want you to write this down because this is what we're going to be sharing tonight, being directed, directed by the voice of God. Just write it down, directed by the voice of God, directed by the voice of God. If you're holding your place now in Genesis 22, I'm going to begin to roll here through some of the scriptures to set up foundational pillars for where we want to go. Lord, we just thank you for the power of the word. We thank you for the spirit of revelation, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel. Hallelujah. The spirit of revelation resting upon us, the spirit of understanding resting in our hearts and releasing power in this house tonight, gifts in this house tonight, gifts of revelation to have understanding and wisdom received for this hour. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word. And Holy Spirit, you just direct my sails. They are up and they are open. Direct me, Lord, as your messenger. Amen. Before we go to Genesis 22, I'm going to be reading out of Revelation 22. Revelation 22. Can I get a hallelujah? I had one up on the front row. I thought I'd just ask for a few more. I'll raise a hallelujah to that, huh? Right? There's something about victory. When we, when we go to Revelation, everybody gets excited. So I want to introduce something to you tonight, <clears throat> directed by the voice of God. The quality of the people that is in this room tonight are a people who desire to be led and directed by the Holy Spirit. We are a people who we're not going to waste our life. We're not wasting our destiny. Amen. We're not wasting our time. We're not wasting future generations' destinies. We are a people who is locked in so that we can be directed by the voice of the Lord. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1, it says, I'm reading out of the New King James the entire night. It says, and he showed me a pure river of, wa of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. One more time, read it with me. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear 
as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I'm going to wrap this scripture with another one. It's Matthew 4 and verse 4 while you're turning there. And you'll remember this scripture because this is when Jesus is being tempted by the devil himself in the wilderness. You remember that? And so in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus is now responding to the devil's temptation in the wilderness. Matthew 4, 4, he says, but he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, say it with me, word, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I just want to introduce this tonight because the river that John saw, John the Apostle saw in the heavenly realm, it was clear as crystal and it ever lived and it proceeded forth. You got to see that word tonight. Hear the word in your spirit and in your heart. The river of God bursting forth and proceeding from the throne of the Lord. A river is always ever flowing. We drove over the the great Mississippi River on the way home. And you know what? You go there tonight, it's flowing. Go there two months from now, it's flowing. Go there for, you know, 20 years from now, it'll be flowing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It ever flows. It's ever proceeding. But John saw a pure river, a pure river proceeding forth from the throne of the Lamb. But Jesus says these words. He says, we don't live, man doesn't live by bread alone. We actually live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just as the river flows from the throne, it will always be flowing. There is a word from the Lord that is ever proceeding and flowing into the earth through the hearts of men and women throughout the nations. I want to say to you tonight, hear this, God is always speaking. God is always speaking. His word is ever proceeding forth from his throne. God is speaking right now throughout all the nations, throughout America right now. As you're sitting in this building on this campus, the word of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is carrying the deep things of the Father's heart. It's what it says in Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit literally goes deep sea diving into the very heart of the Father. And He releases the words and by, by the depths. He goes to the very depths, core things that the Spirit, that the, that, that the Father is dreaming about. The Holy Spirit takes those and releases those into the earth. Are you with me tonight? Are you with me tonight? And to those who have a heart to perceive or seek or inquire of the Lord. Matthew 7, Jesus said that you, you need to ask, you need to seek, you need to knock. You need to keep asking. You need to keep seeking. You, do, you need to keep knocking. If you will do that, if you will be a man or you will be a woman who will continue to inquire of the heart of the Lord, what will happen is that courtship by by your courtship of the deep in you crying out to the deep in God, the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the voice of the Lord to you. There will be a flow, a proceeding word of the Lord, a river that will flow to you continuously. God wants to continuously speak to you. God loves, listen, God loves those who desire to hear His voice. He, de- he loves those who desire his heart. 
See, the Lord desires for all of us to continue to keep growing in our relationship. There's an ongoing growth of confidence that, that Father longs for us to have in hearing His voice. It, it is a proper... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? In a proper sense, the Lord wants you to have great confidence in hearing His voice. He doesn't want you to be in a place of insecurity about His voice or His leadings or His promptings. You can hear the voice of God. Say that over your life. I can hear the voice of God. I can hear the clear voice of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God. So the Lord wants us to grow into a level of actual, a proper sense of confidence of hearing His voice. His sons and daughters can hear His voice. You can hear His voice. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you and distract you or paint you back in a corner that you can't hear the voice of God because you can. It's a good word. Are you with me? And when I say confidence, I don't, I don't mean in a haughty or an arrogance way. I mean in a proper sense that it is your inheritance as a son and a daughter. It is your inheritance to hear the voice of your father. It is your inheritance. That's the divine design of family, that sons and daughters hear the voice of their father. Are you with me? Jesus said it like this in John 10. John 10, verses 27 and 28. He said, my sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them. Don't you love that? And they follow me, and I give them eternal life. My God. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, underscore it right now. Jesus says, I give them eternal life. Think about that. In 10,000 years from now, Brian Gibbs will be very much alive, alive in the eternal kingdom, and I will be worshiping before the throne of God. And so will you. I'll be very much alive, and I'll be young, pulsating. Come on, are you with me? And they shall never perish. Look at those next words. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My God. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. See, God has planned and written an eternal love story for your life. He has you in his grip. God has you in his grip. He's not going to allow anything to snatch you out of his hand. He's written a story for you that is all-inclusive. You need to know that God's power is not weak. His hand is not weak. His love is not weak. His love is more powerful than any force on the universe. Are you with me tonight? You've heard me say this before, that those that live with an eternal perspective, they will have the anointing and the power to change this present world. You have to live with an eternal perspective. How do I know that? All you have to do is look at the life of Jesus. He had an eternal perspective. He knew his purpose. He knew his destiny. He knew where he was going. He even had the audacity and the boldness to say, no man can take my life. I freely lay down my life and I give it because this command I've received from my father. 
I have the power to lay my life down, and I have the power to take my life up again. That will give you some confidence. How about this for confidence? Look what I just read to you. He said, I will give them eternal life. They shall never perish, and nothing shall snatch them out of my hand. How's that for confidence? Nothing is going to snatch you out of the hands of your great shepherd in this hour of trial and testing. No matter what you face, no matter what the turbulence is, no matter how aggressive things get in the shaking right now, remember your pastor, your friend, your brother, whatever I am to you, your brand new friend, remember me telling you, Nothing's going to be able to snatch you out of your father's hands. You are in the hands of your great shepherd. You put your hands together and say, praise the Lord. You can say amen. Come on, you can just, come on, come on. Respond to the word. It's good. Come on. It's good. All right, we're doing good. That was, that was good. All right, John 10. I'm preaching my way to the text tonight. We're going to land in Genesis 22 in just a minute. John 10, Jesus says, my sheep, they follow me. This is verse 4 and 5. My sheep, they follow me. And they know my voice. And they'll not follow the voice of the stranger. Watch this. They will actually flee from him. Don't you love that? So Jesus is very confident in who's his. He's not even confused. I know who's mine. I know who my sheep are. And they don't follow the voice of the stranger. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Maybe this is a very familiar scripture to you, and maybe it's not, and that's okay. Romans 8 and 14, it says, As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. You need to declare over your life, I am led by the Spirit. I, you need to make these declarations over your life. I am led by the Spirit. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm not confused. God's not leading me down some crazy detour or some dead-end road. I am being led by the Spirit of God. I can hear the voice of God. I can hear the voice of God. I can be confident in the right perspective, the right way. I can be confident that I'm hearing and being led and being moved and my path is being directed. I'm walking in the royal path of life. God is directing my steps. He's anointing my steps, as it says in Job. He's bathing my feet in butter. He's just anointing my path with anointing oil. He's directing me. You need to have that level of confidence in your step. come home to preach to a little Lutheran church. Let's do this. Are you with me tonight? Come on now. I sing my voice out in worship just like you. Stay with me. Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Come on. Are you with me? Somebody's going to go, well, you didn't open that coffee shop again tonight, and that's why I'm tired. (laughs) Paul, you don't need coffee. You ain't going to need that coffee in the morning. (laughs) We just met tonight, and I'm already on him. Okay, 
John 14. John 14. <laughs> you like that, Henry? <laughs> John 14, you ready? Verse 15. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, now you got to hear this tonight. If you love me, keep my commandments. I want to tell you, folks, that's a strong word. Let me tell you, write this down. You can actually prove your love for God through your obedience. You know what I said? You can actually prove your love for God by your obedience. He's, geez, these aren't Brian's words. These are the Lord's words. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's, it's interesting because people are, they struggle with commandments. Ha ha. This generation, there is such a spirit of rebellion. There is such a spirit of entitlement within people. You try to pastor people in 2020. Ha ha ha. Oh yeah. People got, I, I've got a mind of my own. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what I, what I want to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a raging spirit of rebellion even in the kingdom, a spirit of entitlement. People just think they can do whatever they want. They don't need a pastor. They don't need voices speaking in their life. They're going to do what they want to do. There's a warning in that where the word says in Psalms, it says, don't, don't be like the mule or the horse who has to be bit and bridled. What does that mean? That has to be taken by an external restraint to get you under control, to Guard you and guide you and keep you. God doesn't want you that way. He wants you to have a yielded, surrendered, broken spirit. So that the Lord can just whisper his voice to you. Just simply whisper his voice to you. And if, you, if you'll whisper to a horse that has been broken, it'll turn to the right and to the left. It'll go, it'll run, it'll stop. It's a surrendering, it's a yielding, it's a brokenness. That's where God desires. And that's where he wants us to be able to hear his voice every day in a surrendered life. Can you receive that? Here's the word. If you love me, you keep my commandments. Now watch these next words. And, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And this, who is the spirit of truth. And the world cannot receive because it, it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you. Watch these next words. He will be in you. He's not just with you. He will be in you. Now, I have to pause here because this is the ultimate dream of God. It wasn't enough for him just to be with you. Like Moses crying out, I've got to know that you're with me, God. I've got to know that your presence is with me. The ultimate dream of God was beyond being with us. He said, my ultimate dream is I want to live inside of you so that when I speak, it reverberates in your spirit. And you know that you know that you know you are hearing my voice. It was God's dream to literally make you and I the very ark of his glory. The very ark of his glory. The very ark of his presence. That when he would speak, it would reverberate. And you would not follow the voice of a stranger that would lead you down a dead end path. Or a wicked path that would destroy your destiny. 
But God would protect you and he would preserve you and he would woo you and he would envelop you. He would surround you throughout the whole journey and say, I've got you. I've got you. I'm walking with you. I, I don't lose sight of you. I've never lost sight of you. <laughs> He's a good father. He's a perfect father. He's a great dad. I want to take you into a biblical account tonight to Genesis 22. I want you to grab it. I want to take you into this biblical account because I believe it's going to help us concerning the process of learning how to be directed by the voice of God. Everybody say the word process. It is a process. You have to learn how to be directed by God in steps of a process. God doesn't give you everything all at once. Y'all figured that one out? So did I. I learned that right along with you. And I've said it before, in this generation, this generation wants to know everything up front first. They, they, have, to, they have to have everything answered, all their I's dotted, all their T's crossed. They, they have to know everything, and that's not how God works. God just says, now I want you to trust me, and I want you to do this. And then if you'll step out in faith, then understanding will come to you later. Understanding never comes first. Faith comes first. It's a process. And right now, many people in this hour are in a realm of disorientation because of what is happening globally and what is happening in the United States of America right now. But I want to tell you how good God is. God can move in your realm of sometimes being in disorientation. Sometimes God will move you into a place of disorientation to retrain you so you can be reoriented into a new move and a fresh awakening of God. And that's what God is doing throughout the earth, even right now. He is literally teaching us a better way and a new way. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? God has more than a billion ways to get you right where he needs you to be. And right now, you're, you're, I, I said this to a young man in our church just the other day, you're already right where you need to be. Right now, sitting in this church, you're right in the will of God right now. You're not going to please God more later when you're doing more stuff. He's so pleased with you right now, it'll be the same there. You're right in the will of God. If you're loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you are literally in the will of God. So now we go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Lord, just help us to really receive right here, right now. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Whoa, ha-ha. He tested Abraham. And he said, Abraham, he said, here I am. And then he said, now take your son, your only son. Look at this language. Take your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering. On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now notice what happens. This is the first word God instructs him in this passage. The first word is take your son, your only son, your beloved son, and I want to call him your promised son. Notice that God calls him the only son. Isn't that interesting from God's perspective? Because you may be sitting there and, be, and you may be saying, well, um, God had a, or, uh, Abraham had another son. His name was Ishmael. Well, according to God, 
God was telling him, your only seed or son of promise is in Isaac. That's powerful. He says, now I want you to come, and I want you to bring him unto me as a burnt offering. It's amazing the intimacy, and I I can't stop too much, but it's amazing the intimacy that the friendship that Abraham had with God, the, the level of revelation that, that the Lord was courting Abraham into through the process of what one day our Heavenly Father would literally have to give His only beloved promised son, promised seed, son of covenant, son of promise there at Moriah. But He says, I want you to interact with me. Abraham, I want to take you on a journey and I want you, I want you to begin to interact With me, I want you to walk some steps with me in steps that I'm about to walk myself and what I'm about to give. So Abraham rose early in the morning. I love this. And he saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place which God had told him. I'm just going to back up to that first part right there. So Abraham rose up. Early in the morning. I want to ask you something. When God speaks to you, do you move? When God speaks to you, do you delay or do you move? Notice what Abraham did. When God spoke to him, what did he do? He got right to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When God spoke to him, he took it serious. He got right to it. He didn't delay. And then on the third day, I can't belabor this. I would just love to preach every verse. I can't do it. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad, and I will go yonder. Now, go yonder. I know that could be confusing. That doesn't mean that Abraham was from Kentucky. Now that we all understand that, we're going to go yonder out there in the wild, wild west, <laughs> we're going to go out there yonder. And listen to what he says. He says, we're going to worship, and we will come back to you. Now, underline that if you haven't in your scriptures tonight. We will come back to you. We will come back to you. Notice the language. In verse 2, he's told, I want you to take your son And I want you to sacrifice him as a gift unto me. Just a few verses later, they make the journey. And he says to the two young men, we're going to go up the mountain. We're going to worship. And we are going to come back together. Now, is that an interesting statement to anybody else in this church except me? That's a very interesting statement. And I want you to listen to the words of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verses 17 through 19. These are powerful, powerful words. Now remember, he's learning the voice of God in a prophetic process. It is an unveiling. We have to learn how to be directed by the voice of God. Are you still with me? So, verse 17, and by faith Abraham... When he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received these promises offered up his only begotten son. Look how that's worded. 
His only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Oh my Lord. From which he also received him in a figurative sense. That's amazing to me that there was literally, there was nothing in history that predicated Abraham's faith to even believe his son could be raised from the dead. It had never happened. But evidently, God was courting his heart so much that he began to be able to see into the window of the future of what the father himself would do when he would lay the wood upon his own son and he would take the track to Mount Moriah to give his life willingly and lay it down. This is powerful. Watch this. He says, so Abraham, he took the wood, I'm in verse 6, the burnt offering, and he laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hands and the knife. Obviously, that meant the flint. And the two of them went together. Verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father. He said, here I am, your son. And then he said, look, the fire, the wood, but, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there in place, the wooden order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. Can you just imagine the exchange of what is going on here before a father and a son? We're just reading this text, but imagine just the emotion and, and the, just what is happening here. Abraham stretched out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. Watch this, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He said, do not lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And so Abraham went and he took the ram. He offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham named and called the place the Lord will provide. What is that name of God that we know it to be? Jehovah Jireh. Say it with me. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord my God shall provide. And in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord he called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and you have not withheld your son, your only son. Watch the blessing. Blessing, I will bless you and multiply you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and of the sands of the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. And in your seed... All the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Watch this. Why? Because you 
obeyed my voice. If you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, if you love me, obey my commands. Every nation is going to be blessed because you obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men. And they rose and they went together to Beersheba. And Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Why the story? Why are we going the distance? I want you to see a few things tonight. First thing I want you to just look at in verse 17. Write it down tonight. Obedience to the voice of God has a reach into future generations. Obedience to God has a reach into future generations. God may ask you to do things that to you they may feel very odd. They may feel uh, just very weird to you. But God gets you walking in a process, in a, dire in a direction, an unfolding of something that he demands your obedience. If you love me, obey my commands. He, he demands your obedience. And don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of the hard commands of God. Say yes to them. That's where the blessing is. Obedience to the voice of God has a reach into the future. Look at verse 17 again. He says, blessing I will bless you and I'll multiply. Multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, the sands of the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Look at that. His obedience released a blessing into the future. Wow. There is power in our obedience. Make that your declaration. When it is hard to obey God, say there is power in my obedience. There is power in my obedience. When things are hard in the process, and you are not going to be allowed to understand everything that is unfolding in your journey. No one never does. No one has the luxury of that. So you're not exempt here. So as things are unfolding, you have to remind yourself there is power in my obedience to the command of the Lord. Abraham was directed by the voice of God. Now watch this. It's interesting to me that there were two words. I want you to take your son. I want you to bring him to the place that I tell you. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. That was the first word. Everybody say that was the first word. But notice this, that God gives him the first word, and it gets him in the process, and it gets him going. And it gets him to the spot, right? But when he gets to the spot, what happens? God speaks again. The second word comes. What's the second word? Do not lay a hand on your son. Well, God, I mean, has God got schizophrenia? Does God not remember what he said? Hey, God said. God said, take him and sacrifice him unto him. What do you mean don't lay a hand on him? Don't touch him. Have you ever argued with God? Okay, there's three honest people in victory tonight. Interestingly enough, God spoke again. What happens is, is you have to keep hearing the preceding word of God. That's where I'm going. You have to keep hearing the words of God. Faith comes by hearing, not by having heard. You have to keep hearing. The first word gets you to this point in the journey. 
But then the next word takes you to the next phase. God speaks. He speaks again. He's going to speak to you tomorrow. He's going to speak to you in midweek. He's going to speak to you this coming weekend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, what you have to be careful is, and Abraham had to be very careful because if he didn't hear and be obedient, he could have killed his own promise. And if we don't be sensitive to God, we could actually be in danger of killing our own promise, which God has set us up for. But thankfully, that's not the story. Abraham heard and God spoke. And he was redirected by the hand of God. Do you see it? What am I saying to you? I'm saying that you can hear the voice of God. I'm saying to you, you need to be growing in your confidence in the voice of the Lord in a proper way, not in a haughty or arrogant way. You need to be being directed and hearing the voice of God and be confident in it. But you have to keep on hearing the voice of God. You have to keep being directed. I want to give you that scripture. That's Romans 10 and verse 17, the one I quoted. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember what Jesus said. Man shall not live by bread alone. You shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The river of God, the voice of God is ever flowing. It's always proceeding and gushing forth. It's just, it's the people who have access to the voice of God are the ones who are inquiring of the heart and the voice of God. They love the voice of God. They love the heart of the Lord. And that's who God just begins to drop his words and seeds into. Are you with me tonight? Got like five, six, seven. It's good. Now, let me get down in your nitty gritty. <laughs> I do not care one bit who your favorite prophetic ministers are. I don't care one bit. I don't care who, who your great celebrity is and who you champion and who. If God tells you to do something that is odd or weird or not in sync with your brothers or your sisters, you have to obey the word of the Lord. You cannot scour the internet and Facebook and Twitter for all your favorite prophetic people so that you know what to do in this hour. You need to go to your father and ask your father, what would you have me to do? Because there are so many voices out there. If God speaks to you in this hour to secure your home with ammunitions, with food and water, brother, you better do it. Oh, but, but Prophet Bucketmouth said that we don't need to do that. And then I turned on Sid Roth, and he had this guy on. He said, well, you know, it might, it might be good to do that. No. No, you need to hear from God yourself. You need to be directed from God. And what you're hearing from God, you don't have to tell everyone else. 
you need to tell trusted people in your life that you feel you can trust the word of the Lord to test the word of the Lord, to help you, undergird you in that word. You've got to be very careful who you share the word of the Lord with. You don't go around just blabbing your prophetic what, whatever. You don't do that. You hold on to what God is saying to you. you. It's like Mary of old. Mary about Jesus, she treasured everything to her heart. And she held it as treasure and dear unto her. I'm talking about Mary, the mother of the Lord. When God is speaking to you, listen, you'll know when God is speaking to you. Because you won't be able to get rid of it. You, you, you'll, you'll try to just sink it into a closet and put, put it away out of your mind. And guess what? God will just take it and put it right back in front of you. Y'all wave at me if I'm telling you the truth. That's right. Mm. Thanks. Appreciate it. I want to help somebody in this room. Actually, I want to help every person in this room. Not just somebody. I want to help everyone tonight. God may tell you to do something. God may tell you to prepare something that others do not understand in this hour. You do not live for the opinions of man. You do not live for the validations of man. Every one of us love to be encouraged. Every one of us love words of affirmation. I love them too. But we don't live for man's opinions. We don't live for man's validations. We live for every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What is God telling you to do in this hour? And then listen to the wise counsel of those that he's put in your life that are tested friends or tested leaders. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I want to talk to you. I'm about to close. If Noah, who was a man of righteousness, was here tonight, he would be shouting me down. I wouldn't have to be. He, he would be shouting me down. Noah, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, it says that he was a preacher of righteousness. No one understood, look this way for just a moment, no one understood Noah's divine assignment. Watch this. His entire generation mocked him. They looked at Noah and they said, that guy's a fool. He's idiotic. He's bizarre. He's weird. He makes me nervous. I don't know. It's just, he's too, he's too fired up. He's too charismatic. He's talking all about the whole crazy stuff. It's going to rain. He's building a boat. He's freaking out. Nobody understood. Nobody understood Noah's assignment. And nobody has to understand yours either. You can look. You know what I've learned about God? God doesn't care if you look like a fool. 
I used to believe when I was a much younger minister that God was going to save me and rescue me and just protect my reputation so well. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give a rip about your reputation. You know, I'm actually telling you the truth. It may be hard for you to hear. God doesn't give a rip about your reputation. You do, but he doesn't. He saves your soul. He doesn't save your reputation. You know how I know this? He didn't give a rip about Jesus' reputation. He let everybody believe whatever they wanted to believe. But Jesus knew his divine assignment. What am I saying to you? You can be directed by the voice of God. You can hear God. Do what God tells you to do in this hour. And I'm going to go a little deeper. Jesus said in Matthew, turn there, Matthew 24. These are the words of Jesus. Remember, Peter said that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. What, what is the opposite of righteousness? Lawlessness. What is the opposite of righteousness? Lawlessness. Listen to what he said. Jesus said these words. These aren't Brian's words or Jesus' words. But as, as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. I want to give you a scripture. Put it in your notes tonight. I don't know if I gave it to them in the back, but it's Genesis 7, verse 16. And it says, and those, So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in. This is talking about Noah's family that went now into the ark. Are you catching this? As God had commanded him, and the Lord shut them in. They walked in, they walked into the ark, and God took a hold of the door of the ark and slammed it closed. That's what it's going to be like of the coming of the Son of Man. It'll be suddenly, and the door will be closed. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. People mocked him. People mocked him, jeering. They didn't understand his assignment. Yet he preached all the more. Jesus said it's going to be like this before his return, right at his return. Preachers of righteousness are going to be heralding the word of the Lord. Get your heart right with God. And people will be jeering and mocking. And suddenly he will come. And he will shut the door. Now, I don't know how to explain this to you. It's quarter to nine. I'm wrapping up. I'm rounding third. I'm going to slide into home. Head first. I don't know how to explain this to you. But in the month of March and in the month of April, I got a hold of the scripture. Not off of uh, Facebook or any other Billy Bob prophet. But I got a hold of the scripture in Isaiah chapter 26. 
And I told you back in March and April, I told you that a very peculiar hour is upon us. And it's still unclear right now what could fully manifest in this nation. It's still unclear. A lot of prophetic voices are speaking. And you don't really have to even be a prophet to know that coming into this election, there is going to be an unprecedented upheaval like we have never known and seen. And brother, I want to tell you, my friend, my sisters, I believe we're about to actually see things we've never dreamed that we could see in this nation. There is going to be such a shaking like never before. Brian, we've already seen, no, no, no. Verse 20, he says, come my people, Isaiah 26, 20. And this is the scripture that in, in the month of March, I went back in my messages and I, and I remember introducing the scripture that night because I was so unclear. I was saying, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm about to wrap up, guys. Just help me with the kids in the back. He says, come my people, enter your chambers and shut the doors behind you. Are you guys in these scriptures? Are you with me right now? Look at the scripture. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Do you all see that? The other night, I watched, I don't remember what state we were at on our vacation, but I was watching Mike Pence give his, his speech. And I remember these words. He says, we are in a moment and we are in a season of great trials and testing." Um, he said it like four times. America is in a great season of trials and testing. Oh my, are we? We're going to see some things, folks, we never thought we'd see. I want to tell you, hell is churning right now. You know why? Because darkness is being uncovered. God is actually answering the prayers of his saints in this hour. Darkness is being uncovered. And I want to tell you tonight, and I've said it before, this is not new, but you need to hear it with fresh ears. I know I heard the Lord. The gavel of the Lord is going to come down so strong. And uncover the works of darkness. God is going to release real justice in this land. And we're going to behold it. And there might, there might be a time where God says, you just step back into your house and close your doors. You hear this? There may be a time where God says, you just step back. Hold your peace. Step into your house, silence yourself, and let me deal with the iniquity of this land. There is a gavel from heaven that is falling, and it is going to release righteousness and justice to America. I'm telling you, 
God is not going to lose his grip and hold on America. He's going to deal with the wicked. The future does not belong to the God mockers. The future does not belong to the God haters. The future belongs to God's righteous. God is going to answer the cry of his beloved. He's going to answer the cry of his beloved. His beloved. We have been crying out to God for righteousness. We have been crying out to God for holy justice to strike this land. We have been crying out for holy fire to come and cleanse and purge the United States of America. And make no mistake, it's coming. It's coming. I heard the word of the Lord, and it's, it's been over two and a half years. The Lord asked me this, and I'm really wrapping up, I promise. He said, I want you to pray with me for grace upon America. Hear this word. He says, I want you to pray with me and agree with me and declare grace, grace upon America. He said, because when the truth is unveiled and the weight and the gravity of the truth of what is really happening in, an, in, in this nation, it is going to take great grace for the people to actually receive the truth. Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us grace and truth. Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us grace and truth. You have to have both. And the level and the measure, the gravity and the weightiness of the truth that's about to hit the United States of America, it's going to require a greater grace like we have never known before to receive it. I speak grace to America. I speak grace to America for the hours ahead. And it could be hours ahead. The way to be directed by the voice of God. Let me give you three. You ready? The way to be directed by the voice of God. You're taking notes tonight. Number one, worship continually. Worship continually. Make it your highest priority and pray in the spirit all the time. Jude one twenty. Praying in the Spirit, building up our most holy faith. Jude 1.20. Praying in the Spirit, building up our most holy faith. Worship continually and pray in the Spirit. That's number one. Amen. Thank you, Sandra. We got an amen. Praise God. Amen. Number two, make the word your daily priority. Wow, this is deep. Yeah, it is. It's really deep. Make the word your daily priority. Eat it. Meditate it, say it, believe it, meditate on it, memorize it, and then do what? Listen for the whispers of God. Eat the word every day continually. Meditate on it, say it, believe it. Go deep sea diving in a chapter and don't even leave it. Just go deep sea diving in it and just stay in it. Stay in it. Let the Lord just continue to romance your heart and speak to you. And then listen to the whispers of God. Number three, obey instructions and prophetic impulses. Do not delay. 
Abraham got up quickly in the morning and went and did it. Do not delay. Listen, listen. Obey instructions and prophetic impulses, what the Lord tells you to do. I want you to hear this. I need your attention right now. Listen to this. Obedience will release life. Let me tell you what else it will do. It will release blessing. Obedience will release favor. Let me tell you what else it will do. Your obedience could even preserve someone else's life. I'm talking spiritually and practically right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you spiritually and practically. Your obedience could save someone else's life in this hour. If God tells you something that everyone else is not hearing, you do what God is telling you to do. Don't look for the opinions of man, validations of man. Don't worry if you'll look silly. You can trust me. You can come to me. I'm not going to make a church announcement. You won't believe what the Kalsas are doing. It's just crazy. They're stockpiling pork and beans. Praise God. Anyway, you're not, are you, George? How did I know? It was prophetic. That's so crazy. It was prophetic. I knew it. (laughs) There is trouble ahead, and we can't get away from it. Does everybody know that? Listen. No one in this church has their head buried in the sand. That's not the quality of people that's in this church. There is trouble ahead. There is shaking ahead. There is major turbulence ahead. And whatever the Lord tells you to do, make sure you do it. You can call me and ask me, hey, Brian, what are you doing? But you better hear what the Lord is saying for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Here's some good news. Jesus is still building a church that the gates of hell doesn't prevail against. Oh, we're going to go through a rude away. What's up, bud? Give me five. Come on. Sit up here while I preach. Come on. <laughs> Listen. I want to end with the scripture tonight. I'm in Romans 5. Give me Romans 5 and we're done. We are in for a great pressing. We are in for a great pressing. Can you, can you, can you receive this? That God's going to take care of you. He's your faithful father. He's your faithful father. He will always preserve and protect you. He will provide for you. What is his name? I'll provide for you, Jehovah, Jireh. See, Abraham had no idea while he's walking up this side of the mountain of obedience, on the other side of the mountain was a ram coming that would meet him in the thicket. God would bring the provision. You don't have to understand everything right now. All you have to do is move in faith. And if God gets you to a place and then he gives you another word and he redirects you, obey him. I never dreamed I'd move to Dallas and move all the way back across the United States of America to Sarasota, Florida. And it was utterly humiliating. You know why? 
because in my heart I was still worried about what people would think. That's terrible. My heart was broken. My heart was broken. Our hearts were broken. There was a lot of pain. But you know what? God's not worried about all your reputation, all that stuff. You know when God called me to Sarasota, you know what he told me? He said, I'm not calling you to Sarasota to be respectable. I'm sending you to Sarasota to be responsible for the spiritual destiny of a region. I'm not sending you there to be respectable. I'm sending you there to be responsible. That's what he told me. So there is a greater glory coming. Write it down. There is a greater glory coming. And there is a visible unleashing of power coming to the church in the world. Here's a scripture that just is mind-boggling. The Apostle Paul had such a mindset, a heavenly mindset. He said in Romans 5, verse 3, he says, not only that, but we glory in tribulations. There's a greater glory coming. Are you getting that? Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> There's a greater glory coming. Are you here when I, did you just read, did you just get it? Paul says we glory in tribulations. You have to renew your mind. Brian has to renew his mind. We glory in tribulations knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. What an eternal perspective. The Holy Spirit is not just with you, Jill. He's in you. Jim, he's, he's in you and Sherry. He's in the Watson household. Paula, he's in you. There is a greater glory and a greater power that's about to be unveiled of the true ecclesia of the church that the gates of hell, they don't even prevail against. Do what God tells you to do. Don't be afraid of disorientation. I'm going to close with a short story. When we went out on our vacation, we, I told Bren 20 years ago, Josiah was just not even six months over 20 years ago, I said, we were driving through Lake Tahoe National Forest, and I said, Bren, one day, baby, I'm bringing you out here, and we're going to celebrate our anniversary like nobody's business. 20 years later, we showed up in Lake Tahoe, and guess what? The night that we arrived was heaven on earth. The next day, it was filled with smoke and ash from the wildfires. And you know what happened? It drove us out of Lake Tahoe. We literally had to leave. And we had to become spontaneous our whole vacation. Looking up hotels, that's not a lot of fun. But God set a grace on us through a disorientation so that we could be redirected. And we had the time of our lives. So what happens if you're met with something that's uncomfortable, just let it go. Let it go. 
and just move with God. Let him redirect your steps. You can hear the voice of God. You can be led by the Spirit. For those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. Be confident in it. Don't be insecure. You can hear the voice of God. And my friend, whatever God tells you to do in this hour, you do it. You do it. Amen. Let's stand. It's been a great night. Let's give the Lord some praise in the house too. Come on. Let's just praise him. Father, we thank you for the prophetic voices of this generation and time. We don't minimize what they're saying. We don't undergird what they're saying. We bless them. We honor them. Lord, you said to honor your word. You said believe in in your word. Believe even in your prophets and we would prosper. But, Lord, there are things that you want to say directly to us to be led by your spirit. I pray, Lord, that things will dial down and they'll get very focused in these next hours, weeks, days that are ahead that will prepare us for the fall months. Everybody lift your hands. Would you just do this? There there just needs to be a very strong sensitivity to the Holy Spirit right now. We have just crested into the fall. We have just crested into September. Nobody knows for sure what happens between now and New Year's, but the Lord knows. Lord God, we thank you that you are a shield about us and you are our glory and you are the lifter of our heads. You are a shield about your children, God. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Father, I pray that you speak to us individually and as families and as couples and as a church. We believe Sarasota will be a city of refuge. We believe Sarasota will not be deluged by anarchy and chaos and the demonic. Lord God, set up our city to be a refuge and a haven of hope. Glory to God. Father, I just bless the region tonight, along with this family. We just bless the region. We speak peace to the region. Declare it right now. Just peace to the region. Release peace. In the name of Jesus, no unrest, no demonic vile activity to bring upheaval in our region. Lord, we bless Tampa. Everybody just stretch your hands to the north right now. Father, we just speak and release peace to the city of Tampa right now. We speak peace to the storm that there will be no more upheaval and chaos and demonic activity to bring destruction to this region. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, we just declare that every... Ambush and sabotage that the enemy is planning 
in realms of darkness for the state of Florida. He will be uncovered. He will be revealed. And the thief will be caught. And he will have to pay sevenfold. Lord, we bless this beloved state in Jesus' name. We bless Governor Ron DeSantis and his wife Casey tonight and the leadership of our state. God, we pray and we declare that through this fall, Florida will remain a forerunner state and move in the forerunner mantle. And we will lead strong for America in this hour. Come on, agree with this. Agree with this. Father, we thank you that you are sensitizing our hearts tonight. We will be led by your spirit. We will move when you say move. We will, we will be still when you say be still. We will stay when you say stay. We will go behind closed doors. If you say go behind closed doors, if you say run out, we'll run out. Lord, we will obey you. And I pray, God, that you would, you would really encourage the hearts of everyone here tonight. They can hear your voice. They can be led by your spirit. And, Lord, may we obey your every command with joy. And may there be blessing in our obedience. Pray it over yourself. Let there be blessing in my obedience. Let there be favor released through my obedience. Let there be miracles released through my obedience. I'm telling you, folks, I pray this over me. God keeping me in Sarasota, I'm telling you, I pray this over my life. My obedience to stay in this region, I pray that it's releasing favor. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you've got to believe this. You've got to receive it. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just release a blessing upon the house tonight. We just bless you. We strengthen you. May this week be supernatural for you. May it be supernatural. May the favor and the goodness of God chase you down. May the angels of God who excel in strength manifest in your house. May the word of the Lord come to you. May you be strong in the Lord. Be bold and courageous as lions. Be blessed. May the face of the Lord shine upon you. May his countenance be lifted up upon you and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Love you guys. Great to be home. Love you guys. Good night. All of you watching online, we love you. We bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.